need a pep talk? Come hang with us weekly while we serve up realness with a side of sass and help you learn to love yourself in every shape, size, and season. I'm Becca. And I'm AMQ. And this is I Got You, Boo. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Absolutely the fuck not. <laughs> what was that? I was trying that one on for for chip. You take it for a test drive? It's not okay. How'd it feel? Weird. <laughs> I feel like I need, if I'm going to do that, I feel like I need a legit megaphone in front of my face. Like the- You just said that as if you were a full game show host and you just wanted to have someone come on down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I need to be on, what's, the, what's that show with the price? The price is right. The price is right. It's literally the name of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, yeah. that's a th- that did not work, so let's not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you want to switch things up on me, give a bitch the heads up. Goddamn. I was like, are we doing this? What? You wouldn't let me if I told you. I had to try it out. Imagine if you went, hi. Be like. What? Hi. <laughs> I can't. Just not. <laughs> okay. You know what? I just made my butthole tight. Just even trying gotta to do be, it. Gotta be. Because it's so not me. Like, we're alike, but we gotta be a little different. Yeah, I can't do the hello, hello. People would be so weirded out if we just started switching and I started saying hello, hello, and you started <laughs> saying hi. They would just be like, do, are they okay? Did they Freaky Friday that shit? <laughs> Freaky Friday. <laughs> God, what a good show or movie. Yeah, Lindsay Lohan. Oh, God. oh man. Okay, well, hi, friends, boo crew. What a time to be alive. What's up? Uh, you know. Oh, my gosh. What What are we? We are headed into one full motherfucking year. Yes, we are. Of this life. Yeah, March, March marks the one year. And I don't even know, like... Can you call things, I mean, you can. I was going to say, can you call things that are not positive and anniversary? I always feel weird saying, like, yeah. this is the anniversary of, and it's a negative thing. And and not to say that it's a negative thing. Look, you know, you can spin things however you want. The pandemic has happened for us, not to us. You flip it, flip the script, fine. But it still feels weird oh, no, saying. Man. It still feels weird saying anniversary when it's, like, not a good thing, you know? Because anniversary seems like it's such a celebratory word. Yeah. So I get that. Yeah, it's like this today it's marks. The one year mark of. Yeah, exactly. The mark. Today marks one year of absolute fuckery, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome. It doesn't. It. It's not yet. For me, it was March 15th. You know what? I will forever remember because of two reasons. One, it was days after I had attended Rise Toronto IRL in a room with thousands of people. Like I literally went to this conference and then the world shut down. And then also on the day that the world shut down, I was supposed to take my group fitness instructor exam. <laughs> Just an update, still haven't taken the exam because you <laughs> need to be in a gym for that, you know? <laughs> so uh, pending, pending, I'm still not a group fitness instructor, but I'll never forget that date because I had to like call them and be like, so like... Am I not allowed to come in? And they're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I tend to be eager. 
I was in Indy, and we were Indianapolis, and we for a show, and we had flown home that same weekend. It was that first weekend, and then the following week, we were, it was done, like within days. We were like, oh, Easy. wow. I feel like this is going to be like those, you know those, um, I've been watching The Crown, so it's top of mind right now, but you know how- I need to watch that. I don't know. It's like- it's a, it's a hit and a miss. Some episodes, I'm all for it. Because, you know, those shows where you need to be, like, dialed in, that's one of those shows. Mm-hmm. You need to pay attention to every detail. So you can't be on your phone. <laughs> exactly. So I'm in the Diana generation, meow. Is that a thing, generation? I don't know. She's in the show. It doesn't matter. But era? What I'm trying... Era. Yep. That's the one. But what I'm trying to say is I feel like this is going to be... One of those situations where it's like, where were you when you found out? Like, I will never forget how, where I was when I heard that Princess Diana died. Isn't that weird? Like, I'll never forget mm-hmm. where I was. Obviously. I mean, no, no, it's not. <laughs> okay. I feel like it is. I feel like it is because I wasn't like a huge royal fan. You know, my family wasn't super into the royal family or anything, but I remember where I was. I was, I was um, at our like vacation home. And I just remember, like, all the ladies, you know, we're all, like, sitting outside in our, like, on our porch, and all the ladies are talking about it. And it's back in the day where you— Bougie, a little vacation home. I know. Back in the day where you still got, like, your news from, like, the radio, you know, like, the local radio station. It would be, like, breaking news from the royal family. I was like, oh, okay. Wow. I just feel oh like... Oh, my gosh. I just feel like that's what this is going to be. It's like, where were you? And then insert dramatic music here. Malin. Yeah. <laughs> Mal- Malin, we also need to school you on elevator music, my guy. It's okay. We'll send very specific clips. I'm sure there'll be a moment where it needs to be used. Guys, Melon is an earth angel sent from the producer and audio heavens of life. And we have nothing but love and respect for him. (laughs) But my main man needs to stop using SpongeBob music. (laughs) (laughs) I hope he laughs. I hope he laughs. Oh, my God. Anyway. Well, we have a new review. Yes. Meanwhile, we have a new review. (laughs) Okay, when this first name came up, I thought it was like a... Dirt, of course, because I have the sense of humor of a 14-year-old boy. Um, I thought it was, it's fun to Smurfs. And I thought it was from, I kept saying from under Smurfs, which is not correct. Like, grow up back. Like Smurfs from Smurfs. Down Under? No, have you ever heard, we, I don't know if we want to go here. Have you ever heard of like the from under cheese? No. Okay, moving on. on. <laughs> and we can move on. Let's Google it. Google it. Google it. If you have, if you haven't already, and I love the caps, just listen to them. Just do it. They didn't say that. I added that for emphasis, the just do it. You know when you're excited to open Christmas gifts? You'll get that feeling every week listening to these girls speak fire. I was so excited when they announced that they were going to be doing a podcast so I could just be pumped the fug <laughs> like you with the G's. Uh, first thing in the morning on my commute. It's like a wine night with your girls, a little bit serious, a lot of sass, always real and raw, and just genuine connections to what we experience daily. Thanks, booze, for making my Thursdays feel like I'm strutting down the red carpet, Lizzo style, after a listen to y'all. Yes, Lizzo style. Mm, Chi-chi's up. 
Love that. I love that. Lizzo style. When I saw that review, I was like, that's a Becca one. She's got slap slap the Becca sticker on the reading that one. (laughs) It just would have felt so weird reading a Lizzo comment. No, it wouldn't. Like, it would be like me saying a Megan Trainer or like a J-Lo comment. Like, I wouldn't. That that would be a you. Yo, Look at the eyes are closed. You guys can't see, but she, her eyes just closed in the most sensual way of appreciation. Please hold, because... JLo just posted another photo. You know what? It's because Uh-oh. she saw, she obviously saw <laughs> my post God. inspired by BodCon, which we're going to talk about on this episode. And the way in which I was sitting on my bed is exactly how she's posing. And obviously she saw my <laughs> post and she yeah. was like, Oh my gosh, that adorable girl, pocket-sized J-Lo from Toronto, <laughs> totally inspired this. She knows all of this. Yeah, yeah she knows all she of this for sure. She took this sensual AF photo of herself, and I was like, fuck, if I can look like that when I'm 50. <laughs> listen, listen. You are, we're in this. We are in this emotionally. I'm here. I don't try to like, we don't do the comparison game, but you know when you're just like, she's iconic. She's iconic. I love. Well, yeah. Yes. I love J-Lo. Like, I just think she's the best. Anyway, we went on a, yes. It would have been weird if there was a reference to J-Lo or Megan Trainer and you read it and not me. Yes. Yeah. Everyone yeah. needs to go look at J-Lo's Instagram and just give her some love. <laughs> okay. She's just, she's like. <laughs> Because people have never heard of J-Lo until you just tell them to go check her out. <laughs> Everyone, don't know if you've heard of her. She's iconic. <laughs> this is what happens when we record at nighttime. We just get like, it's just game over. All No, what's that phrase? No holds bar? All holds bar? No, I don't no, know no, no holds barred. Yeah. I don't throw I don't caution into know what the that wind. Means. Like, all those stupid sayings that mean nothing. Yeah. We, no, we don't know what we're saying when we're like, this thing. You're like, take the not. road less traveled. <laughs> <laughs> when in Rome. <laughs> oh, my goodness. None of this is making sense. <laughs> we're going off the rails here. Bring it back. Everyone, share your favorite touche <laughs> saying with us. Yeah. Anyway. Or just, like, your favorite one-liners. I, we love a good one-liner. We do love a good one-liner. Um, to each their own. <laughs> so what's the weather like where you are, Becca? <laughs> Hashtag same weather system. So, I love that we're in the same. Is that what you're? <laughs> yeah. Becca same weather system. Months ago, we're talking about like just, <laughs> just how close we are geographically speaking. And then like how on a map we're quite literally like she's pretty much below me. And... It, <laughs> We keep being like, she'll she'll message me and she'll be like, is it like summer where you are? And I'm always like, yep. (laughs) Or like, is it snowing? It's like, yep. And we're always like, hashtag same weather system. It makes us feel even more connected. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like it just makes the distance not feel so distant. because. And every time she's like, yes, but the answer is still going to be yes. Because we're in the same weather system. So now it's just an ongoing joke. No, but like sometimes you'll get a storm before me, though. You know what? The other day I was walking Luna with Andrew and I... Uh-oh. I saw you were like talking to me about how there's like, you're like, oh, Bruno's like in the snow. Da, da, da. He's taking forever to go to the bathroom, which is like apparently his new thing, taking forever to go to the bathroom. Ugh. And I was like, oh, I look at Andrew like so seriously as if I'm some kind of meteorologist. And I look at him and I'm like, 
oh, the storm's coming our way. He's like, oh, yeah? Can you check the weather network? I was like, no, Becca has snow. <laughs> I, was, I was so serious. I was like, obviously, like, it's no. coming our way. And he's like, how do you know it's moving Obviously, not down? I'm like, because we're on the same weather system. <laughs> yep. Like it was, yep. That and, was it. I mean, it happened. So, yeah. Yeah, I know. Uh, same weather. So what should we do first? I don't know. You don't want to jump right into... A moral dilemma? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yours is longer, you said, right? That's what he said. Ew. Oh, my God. I'm so, I get so excited when you make dirty jokes. <laughs> yes. Y'all, we can't yes. record in the evening. I think this is our new... No, this is... <laughs> or we should. <laughs> yeah, or we should. You know, we're a little, like, I'm always giggly, but... Whew. All right, I'm going to take... Yeah, I'm getting... What a day. I'm getting pit stain passionate over here, so I'm going to take off my sweater. Oh, Jesus. Okay. There you go. While she's getting herself adjusted, in case you don't know what Moral Dilemma is, it's a game that you play... Well, I don't even know if it's a game. Is this like something serious that we just turned into a game? You just read off these scenarios, and then you ask each other what you would do if you were in this Moral Dilemma. Like, what would be your next move? So, yeah, I feel like it's, I don't know, I don't know if it's so much a game as it is, I don't know. If, like, it's probably something used for, like, lawyers or some shit. It is. That have to make very serious moral, di- oh, well Case then, studies. It's, it's a Welcome case. to your lawyers. <laughs> They're case studies. They're 100% case studies, and we're just like, do, 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 let's make it a fun game. <laughs> let's put it on our podcast. <laughs> Basic bitches that we are. All right. I'm going to do mine. It has a title. Okay, go. Okay. It's called... This bitch is about to read the whole novel. No, no. Go ahead. It was one that was four paragraphs. This one is just two. So, the poisoned coffee. Tom, hating his wife and wanting her dead. So he's a dick. Typical. He's (laughs) typical. Puts poison in her coffee, thereby killing her. Wouldn't you know it? Jane also hates her husband and would like him dead. One day, her husband accidentally puts poison in his own coffee, thinking it's cream. Jane realizes this and has the antidote that could save him, but does not hand it over, and her husband dies. Is Jane's failure to act as bad as Tom's action? Okay, wait. They don't give you any other descriptions. So I'm going to, if I were to assume that this, that Jane wants to kill Tom, he's probably done some very terrible things. You would think. Or, or maybe she's done some terrible. No. Oh my gosh. My my obsession with true crime is really. You know what else this is really top tapping into? Ginny and Georgia. What? That Netflix show. Ah, oh, I love that show. Yeah. That's a fave. I think that's a fave for both of us this week. Yeah, for sure. Is Ginny and Georgia? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. So Jane's he, failure he to it. act. Okay. So, it's, so yeah. It's, so Tom's the worst. Tom's the bad guy. Yeah. Tom's an asshole. All right. For sure. We're definitely. No, I'm not saying Tom. he deserves to get poisoned. Yeah. But I think Tom's a dickhead. He's probably. He probably like tells her to have dinner ready when he gets home. Mm. I'm just totally making. This wow, she's like, spiraling. Becca's. I'm gonna make people mad. <laughs> okay, anyways. Mine, what do you think? What do you think? I kind of think that I, I'm, I'm the opposite. I think that there's no way I could have 
yeah, like I think Jane, like what, like imagine she's like watching it happen, and she, I'm imagining that she's watching him, like you know, die. Thank God you just did that into the microphone. Thank God. Okay. <laughs> and, and she's holding. I was holding, down your throat. She's holding like a vial in her hand, and she's just watching him choke. That just seems. I don't know now. That just seems. But what really did he do? Cool. I need more information. Yeah, well, we don't have, this is not a true crime show. This is a, a friggin' moral dilemma case study for lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to pass the bar exam, damn it. <laughs> this is so much respect to lawyers out there. So much respect. I could Yes, this shit 100%. On a daily basis. No. This is. I just- overthink everything on multiple times a day. If you give me these scenarios, it's just asking me to spiral. Were it's you giving me the invitation to go ahead and lose your lose your shit? Were you one of those people who like did not like multiple choice? No, I don't. I'm not a good test taker as is. So I just was. I just C. The answer is C. <laughs> <laughs> I would always be like, when Miss, doubt, just Miss, pick C. Miss, we don't take questions during the exam, Amanda. Miss, but yeah. all of them could be right. All right then. You know those ones where you put in the D. pencil? You put the pencil marks yeah. and you put it through the machine? She oh, I like, know them well. She's, oh, yeah, you're a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> fully, fully a teacher. We do them all the time. <laughs> what? We need to. <laughs> you're explaining this to me as if I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, you're a teacher. Hi, welcome to it. Yes, we I know are, exactly. We what are you're so about. sober. I would just like. <laughs> we are. We are. Okay, <laughs> this I want to just know the, point of the life that we're in. Oh. Okay, mine is telling. Mine has a title too. It's called telling a secret. Ooh. Your phone. Your phone. Goddamn. Your phones friend tell secrets tells. They do what? Phones tell secrets. I know they. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Totally. That cloud. That iCloud is a sneaky little bitch. Okay, your friend tells you that they committed a crime. They explain that they are having trouble sleeping at night and feel you are the only one they can trust with their confession. A few days later, you read in the paper that someone else has been arrested for your friend's crime. Do you go to the police and tell them what you know, encourage your friend to confess and warn him or her or they. If if they don't do so, you will tell. Or say nothing because you will not betray a friend's confidence. She's not giving me a very happy face right now. It's just so (laughs) multifaceted, this one. It's like... (laughs) (laughs) And yours wasn't? There's so many things that they could have wanted to kill each other for. Okay, but there's so many layers to this. Do I even, how close am I? What is the use of the word friend? Is it Super close. Okay. Fine. If I told you, if I told you that I committed a crime. Fine. That changes. Okay. So see how, see how it's just like a little switch could change everything. Okay. So, oh, I have that. If you don't keep my secret, I'm not, this is the final episode of I Got You. Okay. (laughs) So I definitely, I definitely couldn't betray a friend. However, I would just like a little caveat in there. I would like to add in that I hate, I don't say hate often. (laughs) Okay, but I just hate 
that some for some reason people think that I'm like a good person to tell secrets to. And y'all, I'm way too empathetic. I carry that shit with me. So please, <laughs> next time, if you are listening and the next time you want to unload a secret on me, just don't. Okay? <laughs> just just wait, what? Because you're gonna feel the feels or because you're gonna like I, tell. It, it feels like you're giving me like a hiking backpack to put on me and just take through life. Oh, it, it, it's like it holds you down. It yeah. has weight to it. Yeah. Okay. Like, just don't tell me it. I'll keep okay? that in mind. <laughs> just don't. I have to tell you something so secretive after this episode. Just tell Bruno, okay? <laughs> this guy. He's staring at he me. He harbors all of your secrets. Yes. Lock Listen, and key. Dogs could talk. I know, right? Oh, my God. All right. Well, good to know. I guess same. I don't think I'd be able to tell. But if I would be like, okay, listen, if this shit gets flipped and I'm called in for questioning and then I get in trouble, see, this is the spiral. Yeah, exactly. Or withholding information, then I go down, then like I'm going to make some friends in there and (laughs) we're going to have a situation. Like, (laughs) yeah, that's where I'd go with it, I think. I feel like I might. I got... I feel like I might do the thing where it's like, you should probably say something. And then you would just get yeah. mad at me. No, no, that's an option. That's an option. Encourage your friend to tell the truth. Yeah, I know. I'd be like, you should maybe do that. But I don't think I could be the one to do it. That's like yeah. people that give unsolicited like- advice on the internet. You know, you're like, sit down, Ugh. Karen. Karen. Yes. You know? Oh, but you said it. You talked about it. On your stories. Yeah. Did I also put a question box? Right. Right. (laughs) People think it's like an open policy because of, but you can still like just not be a dick. That goes on to a whole other slew of things. Listen, I'm so sorry if your name is Karen. And I'm really sorry that Karen has become an- I have have some great friends that are Karen. She's she's a beautiful mother and a great friend. We've been friends since high school. Karen, I love you. And she's with a Y anyway, so she's way cooler. Ooh, I love that. Way to be a nonconformist. Yes, the Enneagram 8 wing 7 in me. Yeah. (laughs) My God, you just spit that out at an alarming speed. Wow. Don't know if I should be impressed or terrified. Fantastic. Okay. Sometimes we've got, since that episode, though, we've gotten to the point where sometimes we'll talk and I'll be like, I need you to, like, not respond to me like an eight would, and I need you to tell me what a two would do. I feel like that's almost kind of helped us out, though. That's a real thing. That was part of one of the conversations yeah. we had last week. You are like, I really need you to, listen, I know what you're going to say, <laughs> but I don't yeah. need you to answer as yourself, which doesn't make sense. So I had to explain to her, like, that's not actually how the Enneagram works. I can't pretend to be you and give that's you advice as you. But okay. You're yeah. doing it wrong. You're yeah. doing it wrong. Like, don't tell me to put on an Enneagram 2 hat, Becca, because I don't have one of those. Okay? I only I'm have... Not, I'm not equipped. Yeah, I only have a floppy hat of the 8 variety. Okay? So... Is that a flop? Like, what, do they have hats for a specific Enneagram? Apparently, Enneagram 8s are V into fall fashion, ergo, booties, and floppy hats. That's the go-to. I wish you were a snapback, though. I deep down wish that it was a snapback for you. Well, I, sure. Isn't that what you used to wear? Yeah. Insert song, somebody that I used to know. Now you're just somebody I used to know. Oh, okay. So I 
have, I just feel like this is hilarious because have we not just been ranting? The answer, yes. However, mm-hmm. I have a V V specific rant. Okay. Ooh. It's just really, you know, I was trying to be kind of understanding and I was trying to look at both sides. I was like, for like maybe 30 seconds. I have, and then I was like, yeah, you no have idea no idea what I'm going to talk about. I know. No. And I was like, absolutely the fuck not. Okay. So, Gwyneth Paltrow. <gasps> I already know. I'm already. Last week, released a book mm-hmm. entitled, Now Everyone, Prepare Yourself, Sit Down, Take a Seat, Lie Down, Do a, an Upside Down Handstand, Whatever is Going to <laughs> Calm You, Because I Wish Somebody Had Warned Me Before I Saw This. <laughs> the book is entitled, Intuitive Fasting. Everyone, one more time. Intuitive fasting. Now, I took the liberty of... Not a thing. No. I took the liberty of checking it out on Google as per our last episode. I Googled that shit. And the definition, let me make it very clear, of intermittent fasting... Let's just just pull it up. Put it up. I'm just pulling it up in real time here. Intermittent fasting is an eating pattern where you cycle between periods of eating and fasting. It does not say anything about which foods to eat, but rather when you should eat them. Okay, so that's intermittent fasting. Then yep. we have intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is a philosophy of eating that makes you the expert of your body and its hunger signals. Essentially, it's the opposite of a traditional diet. It doesn't impose guidelines about what to avoid and what or when to eat. So, look. Just call it... hypocritical thing. Just call it what it is. Like, if you're going to release, you millionaire you, if you're going to (laughs) release a book about intuitive fasting and say it's... It's just the way that it's marketed, it's blowing my mind because it's like, oh, this is a flexible four-week plan that will recharge your batteries. It's like, no, no, no. Look, I've done it all, okay? I've intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. Listen, and I liked it. I liked it. I enjoyed it when I did it. It was great for my body in that season. I also had no fucking idea what I was doing yet. I Mm -hmm. had no idea that that was triggering my you know, eating disorder even more so. And I, you know, I just kept on revisiting these behaviors. And I wonder why. Of course, because you're doing things like restricting your body from eating. Now, I'm not here to tell you not to intermittent fast. You do, we always say this, you do what works for your body, fine. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to put something out called intuitive fasting, the thing that I have a problem with is that so many people are going to get that book, have already gotten that book, pre-ordered that book, and it's just, uh, it's just continuing to add to the problem. Like, mm-hmm. it's trying to put intuitive, which people are like, oh, that's what I want. I want to free myself from these, this relationship that I have with food, and I want to learn how to trust myself again, and then slapping it right on there with diet culture. There is nothing intuitive about fasting. It's very... Um, you're doing it very purposely. It's not intuitive. It's very purpose, which again, 
do what you want with your body, but just don't put those two words together because they are two very, very different things. Yeah. And I, and like you said, it's just marketing to all these people that maybe want to really either one way or the other. They either want to – I don't even know what's inside this cover, th- this book in between these pages. Me neither. I have no idea. possibly – I feel like it would just be a very confusing thing. It's, very confusing it says book. it's in the – it's first of all on Amazon. It's number one bestseller. On Amazon right now, Stop. and it's in the low carb oh. diet section. Low carb diet section. It's so ridiculous. It literally says intuitive fasting, the flexible four week intermittent fasting plan to recharge your metabolism and renew your health. Ooh, it just y'all. It made me so. But fat. intermittent and, fasting. Okay, then teach them how to intermittent fast. Don't put intuitive in there. You know. Here's the thing, right? The reason that's being done, and it's so smart. Look, from a marketing perspective, it's intelligent. It's unfortunate, though, because that is so very much targeting, like you said, people who who are really yearning for that. Like, they want a more positive mm-hmm. relationship with food, and so they hear the word intuitive because now, like so many other words in this, in this sphere, it is becoming a buzzword. And people attach intuitive to, oh, that's good. That means I know what I'm doing. Intuitive, good. I'm listening to my body. Oh, it just made me, honestly, it made my like stomach curl. And I looked at the breakfast cookie that I made and I ate one. And I was like, bitch. Yes, bitch. 8 a.m. It is 8 a.m. Ain't no intermittent fasting for me today. <laughs> I'm going to eat this breakfast cookie. Yeah, and I mean, like I it. couldn't. I just couldn't. I'm, I'm the same way. And if it works for you, hey, do your thing, girl. Do your thing. But <clears throat> it you just can't. I don't know. It's I, the I'm, language though that I had a hard time with, right? Yes. So it was like yes, yes. It yes. was like absolutely here, but also like when I was intermittent fasting, it was like I can't eat until eleven. I can't eat mm-hmm. past seven. Like I wouldn't go to social engagements because I'd be like, oh yeah, no, like that's like it's after my window, so like I can't go. Like yeah, how damaging is that? Like terrible. So yeah, it really pissed me off. <laughs> um, I will. And not some get people off thrive. Yeah, exactly. No, and some people thrive, and it's like it's just you can't put those two things together. Which, like, after doing the work that we've done, I feel I can't see how that book could not be very confusing. Yeah, but because what you just read, but wouldn't is you intermit- they, Like they refer to intermittent fasting. Yeah, but I feel like a couple years ago I would have gotten this book. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Because of that. Because That, to me, sounds like a solution. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like 100% I would have gotten it. It's just, and it has nothing to do with Gwyneth Paltrow, because I don't even know who the fuck made her a fucking expert in, like, I don't know. I didn't do my research on Gwyneth Paltrow. She's just a celebrity. Yeah, and any of her certifications, if she has any. But that's not the point. Literally, a Smurf could have written this book, okay? The point is... It's Smurf. It's circling back to the Smurf. Not a Smurf. We're not going to get off the Smurf. It's I now just going to be a Smurf. Of all, at all times, Smurfs will be referenced in anything to do in this capacity. I'm dying. Right, it's the language. It's, it's not just, It's not correct. Oh, it just makes me... Anyway, I have to take this... You know what? I got to take it off my screen. It's making me pit stain passionate. Yeah, you're like looking at... Yeah. Yeah. Hey, rightfully so. That's a good rant. That was my rant. Yeah, that's a good rant. Do you have anything positive to say? <laughs> yeah, I can rave off of some good stuff that I have to give a shout out to uh, one of our close friends, Christine Benton, because she shares an equal love of mine with Duncan Coffee. Or she just named Duncan her dog thing. after it, for goodness sake. Yeah. That's a serious Duncan. love. Duncan is their dog. 
And whenever we, either one of us have like gotten a new coffee from there, we tell the other. And she has me, listen, if she tells me to try something, I'm going to try it. So they have cold foam, cold brew, and it's damn delicious. You want to jump right in there and just dive your, drink your caffeinated way out. And it tastes so great. However, she's an FBI agent, Christine, with um, (laughs) you you beautiful, beautiful person on how to make the coffee because she wants answers. And I respect that about her. Mm. And apparently it's like ready whip, but it's like ready cold foam. You know how like ready whip, ready cold foam? Oh, yeah. Which is upsetting because but also might be great because then you can make it at home. Right. But it's also never, nothing ever tastes the same when you make it yourself. Like, no. when it's made for you, it's just different. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's interested, if you're a cold brew, fellow cold brew fan, try out the cold foam cold brew. Also, I have a, I have a, a moment that is just my favorite moment of the week, and it is a fangirl moment, and I'm not ashamed of it. <gasps> oh, this is a good one. Yes. So if you have not read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. When I tell you, I read this book twice. I will probably read it several times in my life because mm-hmm. Untamed hit different mm-hmm. this year than when I read it before. And I feel like before I was kind of like, oh, okay. I wasn't taking it too seriously, but it was because I wasn't open to the knowing as she mm-hmm. as she so awesome and beautifully refers to it. So I tagged her because I quoted Untamed <laughs> like I do in multiple posts, but I tagged her in it. <laughs> And I was like, ah, okay, fun, haha. And then I got the notification that she liked it, and I was like, a total fangirl about it. I was like, day made, I'm done. I'm gonna now move to Florida and be friends with Glennon, and she's gonna be on the podcast, and it's just gonna be great. We're gonna sit on panels together, and we're gonna run the world. She sent um, me a screenshot, that, and I couldn't see it. It was like, you know when you take a screen, I don't know if you guys know what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> I when cropped. Like, yeah. she cropped it, and she sent it to me cropped. Yeah. So when I opened it, it was like Glennon Doyle in like, Seniors size font, like those large fonts, <laughs> those large font books that my grandpa reads. And I was like, like wow, cool. in your face. She's real excited. There it is. I was just real hype. I was like, that means she saw it. Cool. I feel like there's always those people that you just admire and respect so wholeheartedly for the work that they do and just how life changing that work is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just a moment that I was like, mm, okay, cool. Want to be on the podcast? Want to be friends? Like but, yeah. when yeah. this happened to both of us last weekend, when we both tagged Sarah Landry at the Birds Papaya oh. after BodCon, which we Listen. will meow get into. And she responded, which is honestly like, she's just iconic. Another icon. So many iconic women, you know, we're just hanging. Yes. Who, who run the world girls? So let's get into it. Now that you mentioned it. BODCON stands for the Body Confidence Conference. AMQ, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so it was actually powered by, so sponsored, the main sponsor was NYX. If y'all don't know what NYX is, they're incredible. Ooh, yes. Um, So, so great. And it was a one-day virtual conference focused on body confidence and the movement towards radical self-acceptance. So Becca and I and a few of the humans who are on this on this journey with us, popped on and mm. did it virtually. Um, and it was so well done. Mm. But I just wanted to be, you know, poolside. They had something called a networking lounge. And I was like, Becca, that would be my shit. I'd be like, oh, crawling up in that network. I'd be like talking to, like, there would be like 16 conversations going on at once. You call something a network lounge? Oh, 
I would be there. So I was. I was. There. AMQ is balls deep in that car. I have to stop saying that. I've said it now twice in both episodes. But you would be all up in it. I would be. You we, would be so, all up in it. So the conference, I, I interrupt. Typical. I interrupted myself. Um, this is from the Bodcon. Bodcon.com. Uh, we are here to create a forum for conversation, spontaneity, and connection that will ultimately impact change through a combination of keynote speakers, panelists, activities, and networking. The BODCON will bring together consumers to help ignited conversations that will have a lasting impact on how we view our bodies. And it did. Did. And it it really exceeded all expectations. Like, I can't even—I mean, I'm going to pull up the— um, some of the keynote speakers. So Sarah Nicole Landry, creator behind the Birds Papaya. If you do not know that Instagram account, <laughs> you you were born yesterday. And that is okay that you were born <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> we also had... Uh, Welcome to it. We're going to open your eyes. Too. Yeah. We also had my long-term friend, and it was the coolest thing in the world, uh, Coach Carrie. Her name is Rhea. We like... Rolled in the same circles in Toronto for our entire 20s. And it's so cool when your friend, I don't want to say makes it because, like, she already made it. But it's just cool watching what she does on social media every day. But then it got put onto, like, a big screen, for lack of a better term. Mm -hmm. And just seeing what she does, the work that she does around mindfulness and body acceptance just on a just. She was the MC essentially for all of these amazing humans that Becca and I essentially, no shame, idolize. And it was the coolest thing in the world that she was like the facilitator between everyone. I was just like, ah! it's she's not even a fangirl. She's the yeah. hype human of your dreams. The hype the human of best your dreams. Absolutely. Hype human. Like, she's the, oh, mm-hmm. so great. Um, body Posse Panda, I'm just dropping some. Um, Mick Zazon, I always say her name wrong. I'm so sorry. Um, Basically, a lot of, oh my gosh, Nicole. I can't even like, I can't even say Nicole's name without freaking out. I love Nicole. Nicole <laughs> Zajak. So good. Point is, incredible, incredible lineup. And, you know, it was just, I didn't really know what to expect. And it was one of those things where I went into it really, I'm like, okay, don't expect anything. I just expected from my mind to be blown and to feel super inspired. And of course, that's what happened. But, I just loved that there was a lot of real conversations that mm-hmm. were live. So here's the thing. They were live. So this this conference was happening live. We were turning, tuning in live. There was no, like, edits or it was unfiltered, truly, in, in a way that these types of things could be. And I really appreciated that. I super, super appreciated it. And so. I think that they made it, they made it very comfortable to talk about because we're going to get into what our— takeaways were, but like we're talking about body image and confidence in during, like even in sex, in your life, in everything. And I think that in those types of conversations where normally people kind of seem like, oh yes, they can speak very confidently like that. It was more very much like you were just chatting with your girlfriends and you were really learning so, so much, especially because, I mean, I had high expectations for this. Yeah. The last few weeks I've had more bad body image days than good ones or bad body image moments than good ones. Feel you. So leading up to the conference, it was like, I really just need this. I just know that this is, and they did not fail to achieve that. Like I felt like back to me, back to where I was before all of this and, or if not even better. So when you can leave a conference better than you went into it, then job well done. 
And it was just beautifully put together, too. And we're putting that shit on the fucking dream board. We are going to speak on we, a yes. panel. I got you, boo. Oh, is going to be my on a panel at this conference. Mm-hmm. This one specific, because yep. you know what, y'all? Listen, you got to be specific about your goals. Specific. Yeah, like I was on a soapbox earlier today with my team, and I was like, "Here's the problem with not getting specific about your goals. You want to know what the problem is? You don't get into your car when you don't know where you're going and not put the address into the GPS, do ya? No. So why are you going to set a goal?" And not be specific about it. Because how are you going to get to the goal? So, point is, the goal See, is that we're going to speak. Went there, yeah. Yeah, we're going to speak at the podcast. We can't be like, we're going to speak at 100%. conferences about body cotton. No, no. This one. This is the one. This one. This is the one. Yep, this is the one. It's happening. This is okay. the one. Well, I don't even know where to start to. I guess, because um, I think we have different. I also loved that what we did about this is that, yes, we chatted during it. But I think we both really took our own time to also soak it in. Yeah. Because what we what we each needed, for lack of a better term, from it, um, where it was a little bit different, I think. Totally. And it always is, yeah. It was it delivered. It delivered. And I think that we both just have I don't even know like what I don't know where you want to start. I have the tops of my notes, but that's about it. <laughs> I know. Like I it's just well, I'm going to give just a quick thing. I'll, I'll just to give you guys an idea. Um, it's still up on the bodcon.com, the mm-hmm. um, itinerary. But what it sort of looked like was um, we talked about what body confidence looks like within a relationship, body confidence and friendship, the cultural impact on body image, sex and relationships, and how your body image feeds into that. Raising body confident kids. <sighs> Like, listen, I'm trying to be a mom right now. Working hard here, guys. And Becca will be a mom one day, and she teaches kidlets. Like, that shit is impactful. I always think about that, that I really want to get a handle on my relationship with all things body so that I can be educating my kids in a way that I feel confident in. Body confidence and fitness, I know this spoke to both of us for Mm. sure because it's where we, it's one of the spaces we live in. Disordered eating and diet culture, definitely my favorite. Disordered eating and diet culture was my favorite one. Body shaming and fat phobia. And just like, oh my gosh, there's so many things. Like We had a virtual networking event at the end where I like connected with other women at the event because it was in the networking lounge and that's where I like to be. But point is that we have, it was just so much. So yeah, I feel like there's no, there's no, I didn't want a system for this. I didn't want to be like, okay, and then we're going to talk about this and then this. I just wanted us to talk back and forth about our biggest yeah. takeaway. Well, speaking to what you just talked about with um, in regard, I've been actually, since this conference, the way that I speak to my students has definitely changed and I have caught myself. So for example, one of the biggest things that I think we both took from this, instead, we're so quick to say, I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you. I have completely stopped saying that with my kids and instead have said, you should be so proud of yourself because how many times have we, you always want that develops that innate desire to get approval from others. Yeah. The validation. Yes. And instead that language should be done within yourself. You should feel proud of yourself regardless of what that looks like to others. So even that little, these are just very little switches in your daily language that can make a world of difference for the people around you, not necessarily just kids, but any of your relationships or friendships or people that you're, you know, surrounded with. Like, yes, of course you're proud of them, but remind them that they should, you should be proud of yourself first. So that was just that one thing. And speaking of language, oh, I felt this. 
when they said, um, oh, getting rid of the phrase, she's pretty for a big girl. No, oh. she's just pretty. Yeah. Yeah. When what they the talk fuck about, is that about? Like, what? Like, that's just, like, I can't. That's one yep. of those. Like, why is that a thing? Yes. Why was that ever even a thing? Mm-hmm. How is that even, like, and you can insert anything there, right? Like, she's pretty mm-hmm. for a, and the, why the fuck is the, why is that a thing? Like, for a whatever. No, no. Like you're yeah, pretty. one of my favorite um, panels from that was Lindsay and Lexi Kite from the Beauty Underscore Redefined. We're going to put all of all of these points of contact for you in the show notes. But they spoke about their, um, you know, what they talk about mm-hmm. <laughs> and being more than a body, being more than a body. That reson- That's probably one of my biggest takeaways um, is being more than a body. And they go on to say, we are more than bodies. We are more than beautiful. We are more than objects that need to be judged or fixed. And when we believe it, we build a foundation to live a more authentic life. Um, women are, aren't suffering because we are held to these beauty ideals. It's because we're being defined by our beauty. Our value has been focused on how we look and how others think about how we look. And we learn to self-objectify from critical onlookers instead of our first person perspective on how we feel about our bodies. That, oh, this whole, oh, yeah, I have, I was exhausted and having very big feelings. <laughs> that particular panel was really yes. impactful because oh my they also mm-hmm. said, um, and I remember thinking this, um, after we recorded our last episode and we tuned into this conference, I was like, oh, like we touched on this. We literally had just touched on it the day before. But Mm -hmm. they also said positive body image isn't believing your body looks good. It's knowing your body is good regardless of how it looks. Now, the weird thing about that is that I know that, you know, like you know that in, in your head, you do. But then it was put so simply, like, your body is good. You have one, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's it's done everything it's done for you up until this point. It will continue to. And I was just like, oh, it's so simple. And they also said your body is an instrument, not an ornament. Like, just think oh, about that, yes. right? I want like, that tattooed on my forehead. Yeah, like, and I'm like, wow, that's such a good point. Do you know what? It's so It's so interesting when... And this happens to all of us, especially humans like you and I who are like now totally PD junkies and whatever. Call it brainwash. <laughs> call it whatever the fuck you want. This it's is the best not, brainwash. No, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I yeah. like this kind of brainwash. Brainwash me some more. I'm the best version of myself. Thanks. Wash to development. the fuck out of this brain. Please. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. But it, when I when I heard that quote, I was like, oh, it's so interesting First thing that came to my head, and I don't know who can relate to this, only ever people probably that went to a high school that had a uniform, but I remember um, in high school, I would, we had like one civvies day it was called. So civvies is like, you know, Mm -hmm. you come to school in your civvies. But because we had a uniform, everyone always tried to like give it their own personality, right? Like you always try, you like push the envelope, try and wear like the pants you're not supposed to wear. Wait, what are civvies? Civvies is like your regular everyday clothes. So civilian. Had, okay. Got it. Yeah. We had like our civvies days and I would no joke, no joke, obsess, obsess uh, over the exact outfit, like the shoes, the shirt, the sweater. Of course. The yes. The, for like weeks, weeks, y'all like weeks, weeks, <gasps> weeks, 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 weeks. And I 
I, it's so weird that that quote, when they said that, your body is an instrument, not an mm. ornament, was the first thing I thought of. What an interesting association. I was like, oh, weird, eh? Like, I remember the days where I was just yep. like, look at me. Because I remember just walking into the school and being like, look at me, world. I'm in my civvies. And then it's like, oops, everybody else is too. Nobody's yeah, looking. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I think it's from that same panel, actually, because I I did not do a good job of separating these notes. I think that the very tangible things that they gave for tips that you can actually do, it wasn't just like sitting up on these panels and preaching about how you should feel yes. and how deserving you are. They gave very tangible mindset tricks that you can use. Mm-hmm. So one that I really liked that has worked, this is probably the most pivotal thing that I have done for my body image and mindset. Um, And they worded it way more eloquently than I could. But um, they said, think about how you respond to disruptions in your life, not necessarily to your body, but in your life. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? It's also the same for the way that you'd respond to disruptions in the shame you start to feel in your body. We feel ashamed in our bodies, so we decide to go on diets or to do more harmful things than just sitting in that discomfort. And those can be reminders to stop and reframe. They don't need to be things that you need to ignore or that you need to go and fix with a diet or that you need to go and fix with shame or that you need to go and hate yourself and do whatever. You, they're, they're kind of checkpoints for yourself to be to stop and it gives you an opportunity to recreate, like that, like we have constantly said, recreate that narrative and develop a new one because you need to unlearn these things that you have thought about yourself. And when those 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 feelings come up, allow them to be checkpoints instead of shame and instead of taking the more unhealthy route and acknowledge them and sitting with that discomfort, acknowledging where it's coming from and reminding yourself otherwise will truly, truly change your life. And that takes a very, very long time to develop. Um, Disruptions, they gave examples, and oh my gosh, I feel this. Disruptions, being invited to go swimming. So this, I can remember, I immediately, because we're talking about how like it's so weird how the associations to your past during this conference were so interesting. It's meant to happen, right? That's what it's meant to right, do. These are, like, yes. these are like those journal prompts that you have when you're writing about stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's, I loved that. Yep. And I just so vividly remember the fifth grade swim party. And fifth grade, I was a baby. Uh, like I teach fourth. I can't imagine the kids that I have taught feeling this way. But that like immediately I felt like I needed to hide. I felt like I needed to not wear my bathing suit or that I had to wear something that covered up, but it wanted to look cute in your fifth grade and you're starting to like, hmm, I make, you know, maybe I want to feel kind of pretty and cute and like not sexy because you're five, you're fifth grade, calm down. But um, like those are things, <laughs> those are those kinds of disruptions, like dressing room. Oh, we've spoken on this before too. Those dressing room disruptions when the dressing room breakdowns are the worst and vacations or big events, things that you feel like you need to diet or restrict or do anything to alter your body in order to feel happiest in that moment. And Mm -hmm. I I forget who it is, AMQ. You probably have it written down. I want to say it was Sarah Landry that said like you deserve to make memories And you deserve to live in those memories and you deserve to reflect back at times in your life that you genuinely enjoyed and not have your body or what you looked like be attached to that. And living a more fulfilled life in that way. I'm pretty sure it was Sarah Landry at the very end of the conference. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, I'm looking through here. Yeah. So Um, like looking at old 
uh, photos of yourself. I, this is also seems like something really cheesy, but it, it has worked wonderfully. If you're looking at pictures and talking to that inner child of when you thought felt that way, this is when I was getting really emotional because, you know, speaking back to that child in you that felt this way with compassion that you have now and the compassion that you give to everyone else in your life, knowing that you deserve that same compassion back to yourself. Um, and it's compassion instead of comparing. And when you start to trade that, just your life really does start to change. And this, like, oh my God, I could go on and on. You need to stop me. But that's that was probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, you should go on and on. It's it's mm -hmm. like I get asked a lot about why I don't post before and after photos <laughs> because mm. I work in the wellness industry. Straight up, y'all say it. Like I'm partnered with <laughs> yeah. a wellness company and – you know, they're a lot of my best friends and business partners' best practices are to show what we all know so well as the before and after. And this is not to take away from anyone who's like, I need that. I, I really need that as my milestone markers. And that's totally fine. For me, they've just always been triggering. And I've been on this journey this concentrated wellness journey, I will say, for five years. You know, I've always been an active person. I've always stayed active. But paying attention and being mindful of how I'm treating my body, it's been five years. And I've got maybe, maybe three or four before what you would classify as before photos. Because what's interesting is every time I would take them, and this is before I'd done a lot of this work, and so I've got to, like, proud of myself because I remember <laughs> – Looking at these photos, and I remember thinking, like, okay, for example, when I was in my real rough bout, like my worst, the lowest of my low, first time around with bulimia, I have a ton of photos that I took because I wanted, air quotes, I'm putting air quotes in here, I'm quoting myself, but I wanted the proof that I could look like this. As a reminder, oh, it, I feel that it's yeah. like it's like I knew that I knew though I knew that it wasn't sustainable. I wanted the photographic evidence that I could get there again, so I made sure I documented that. Did I document when I went on the upswing and the pendulum swung the other way? Absolutely, the fuck not, because I didn't want those reminders. So I got real good with angles, like we all do, or just took selfies. But I would always look. At the photo, the before photo, whatever that even means, because it, it wasn't even, a, guys, it wasn't a before photo technically, right? It was an after, if we're being technical, because it was after I decided to be bulimic. So this is my issue with before and after photos, is that the reason I don't do them is because it's all a journey. Your body will fluctuate. It literally is meant to. And when why am I on one on this one? The point is, I get asked that question a lot, and the reason I don't do it is because, quite frankly... I can remember looking, that's what I was going to say. So I can remember looking at those photos and that girl, the slim, slender, insert, whatever descriptive word you want, that girl in that photo was fucking unhappy. And she thought she was too big, too this, too that, not enough this, not enough that. So the fact that I'm using that as my example of what I want to be again is not okay because that person was not okay. So... It made, me, it, it made me feel really good about, sometimes I feel guilty about not posting, if that, if that makes sense, about not posting. Absolutely. Yeah, you and I have just talked about this a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel weird about it 
because, you know, there is there is a definitive start-stop. Like, Becca and I are currently doing a nine-week workout program. Okay? So, you know, beginning of the nine weeks, end of the nine weeks. There are definitive start and stops for those types of things. But that's not what helps me. It's about, like, how I'm feeling and the way I'm talking to myself through the program. And that's that's the game changer for me. That's my glow up, if you're going to use that term. And I just really needed that validation. That was one of the things that I took from this conference. It was just, I needed that in this season of my personal and professional life. The body confidence and fitness panel really helped me realize like, no, fitness looks different on everyone. Health looks different on everyone. So you don't need to apologize for taking a sweaty selfie and having a roll. Duh. <laughs> like you're human. If you have like, skin, you're going to have that. Yeah. And it's very so normal. Empowering. Very normal. It was really empowering. So I was, uh, that was one of my big, big takeaways. And it's all cultural conditioning, right? Like we're just conditioned. Oh, yeah. We've just, yeah. we're conditioned. And I think that that's why ourselves. we have felt, yeah. And I think that that's why we have felt guilty being working in the wellness industry for not taking before and afters. I mean, I have stopped doing them as well because it just started to feel icky. And although, and I tried to always justify it with like, oh, but the story underneath in the caption, like that's what I'm talking about. That's not what people see. People want to look at the picture. Not everybody reads the caption. And that caption tells a completely different story than what that initial, because your life is more than a before and after. And yes, Ugh. there's nine weeks in this program, but then you just keep going and it's another day one. It's never stopping. Right. So Exactly. And, and knowing that that, yeah. So I think that that, you're right. I totally agree with you. It's It was very validating and very empowering to hear about the fitness and body image. Because it does look so different for everybody. It does look so different for everyone. And the other thing that I remembered or that triggered me during the body confidence, actually, you know what? Um... I had to go back and watch the body confidence and fitness seminar after because we were there. They had some at the same time where you had to choose. Okay, this is cool. Mm. They made us choose. Ready for this one? Drum roll, please. They made us choose between disordered eating and diet culture and body confidence and fitness. And I was like, da fuck, da fuck. First of all, excuse me. There was no way we weren't going to watch Miss Fit Fat and all that live. So we did that. Oh, love. She's the best. Juju is the best. But quite literally, I was like, um, excuse me, those are like, if I had to like define my current life, um, uh, that would be it. <laughs> so I'm choosing yeah. between two of the panels that define who I am currently. Thank you so much. Thank you. So I watched yep. the recording. Yep. But something that really, and, and, and Julia talks about this on her Instagram one of the many humans that we're totally going to have on this podcast and we idolize. Shit, we're just putting we're this just shit out there. It out I can't wait yep. until we have these guests and we play back these sound bites. <laughs> yes. It's going to be so great. So good. So I was, I always hear her talk about this and it's so relatable to me. But um, when I started dropping, releasing weight, I will say releasing, I was so celebrated, right? And we we are celebrated, right? It's like, oh, girl, you look so good. We've totally talked about this on a podcast before. Like, be careful with your language. But mm-hmm. I was so celebrated, like, for, 
like, you know, I'll use all those words. Oh my God, you're like melting. Oh my God, you're so tiny. I'm so sorry I'm sounding like such a bitch with this tone, but like that's what it sounds like when you say this to people. It sounds so valley girl and stupid. But does and did anybody say to me, Oh, okay. It does. I'm sorry. It does. It does. No, I know it does. Whatever. I don't care. I'm not trying to like pick it up. (laughs) I'm not trying to, I don't care who I'm upsetting, but I'll tell you this. Did anybody, when I started talking, okay, I started talking about my eating disorder recovery journey. And then I started finding the weight again. Do you think that anybody was like claps for you, AMQ? That's just hard. Good for you. Oh, you're putting, oh, you're finding that weight again. That's okay, boo. Congratulations. Nobody was celebrating me. Nobody was understanding that the reason I was finding that weight again was because the way in which I released it was drastic and not sustainable. It's so interesting that I, and I still, I battle this because last summer, my body looked extremely different than it did this past summer. And Becca knows This summer, I was so hard on myself because I just kept on saying, like, but why didn't I just stick to it? Why didn't I, like, I was a valley girl to myself. Like, why didn't I just keep doing what I was doing? Obviously, it worked and da-da-da-da. And it's like, no, seasons of your life. I was spiraling back into territory that could have become my, like, third visit to, I call them detours, like, it's my, that, I love that. Yeah, yeah that's it great. Like, it could have been that. my third detour on my journey. And I was like, whew, I, I was, but I didn't because I was Mm-mm. smarter than that back then. I knew I had already done that work. But you let me, I'll tell you this. If the intuitive fasting book had come out last summer, I might have jumped on that shit because I was like starting to go down that road. Point being, mm-hmm. the body shaming thing is so frustrating because in celebrating people becoming smaller, in its own way, that's also body shaming. Because it's like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Who, who said sometimes people release weight because they're stressed as fuck and they're not trying to lose weight, right? Or sometimes people find the weight. I hate saying lose. I hate saying the word lose. Release, release, find, release, yeah. find. But it's sorry. I just <laughs> glad, glad we worked through that. No, it was great. That was a perfect. Wait, no, stop. That was a perfect <laughs> example of what we're talking about. You stop. And then you shift like it was. It, that was a very that, that was a per- actually <laughs> kind of perfect that that happened. But yeah, yeah I just you I resist don't like the and word then, lose because you, then it means you can like anyway. It's fine. Find it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. I get it. But and Jamila actually, this speaks exactly to what you're saying. Jamila worded it so great. I love little one liners and resist and then persist. Yeah. So resist that feeling and then persist onward. Like resist giving in to those to that. Like you call them detours, detours of your mind, detours of your actions, and then persist on making healthier ones or whatever that looks like for you. Resist and then persist. It's all, it's these little things that you might feel like sound really silly until you're in it and it just happens and you're like, okay, no, I'm resisting yeah, like, it or I'm going to sit with it. I'm going to sit with this discomfort and then I'm going to persist and I'm going to move on. Resist and then persist is a great one. And then she was... She just said, feel that, feel it, you know, like sit in the, she brought it back to sitting in the discomfort. And she was like, and you just chuck it in the fuck it bucket. And I was like, yes, 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 chuck it, chuck in, it the in the fuck it. Yes. Uh, like, and so good. that is the name of this episode. <laughs> yeah. 1000%. <laughs> you know, when you watch shows or movies or you're reading a book 
and you're waiting for the title of the book to show up or like you're watching an episode of like a yeah, show yeah, yeah. and you're like, yeah. what are they going to say? What are they going to say? When they, there you go. That's what we should start mm-hmm. doing. Everyone, just as an aside, we really, <laughs> we we struggle <laughs> with naming our episodes. So I think maybe this is a new. It's probably the only time that we're really like, I don't fucking know AMQ. Okay, fine. Do it. Do it. I don't care anymore. Just name it whatever you want to name it. Because we really, we rack our brains and make ourselves crazy over it. Yeah, we get like, we overthink. We overthink. But I think, thank you so much for being on this journey with us. Because I think we just realized (laughs) that we're just going to take a quote or something from the episode and just work around that. Mm-hmm. So could, we're going to stay on the Jamila train, if you don't mind, to, to beep, beep everyone aboard. Um, in a work, she was speaking to, um, you know, how to really step into that power. And it's so true that in a world that thrives off of you hating yourself, leaning into working on accepting yourself is the most rebellious and powerful thing you can do. And that is so true. That mm-hmm. when you defend yourself the way that you would stick up for someone that you love and respect, it builds your confidence inevitably. And you yeah. might not believe it at first. I cannot stand the phrase fake it till you make it Me because I much rather prefer Ooh. faith it till you make it. Have faith that you are going to get there. Have faith that you are going to defend yourself in this way and authentically believe it. Have faith in it. Don't fake it, but keep showing up as her. And when you're, she says, she words it perfectly when she's like, I've been pushed into uh, into a no fucks given attitude. Uh, what if I just live? And, and it is true. It's so freeing when you just think, what if I just live? What if I just exist in this body? What if I just stop spending so much time thinking about what my body looks like or thinking about what other people are thinking about my body? What if I just slowly stopped feeding the fear and... I, and then she calls her, her body a legend. And yes. how empowering is that? At first, you're kind of like, hmm, what? Okay, extra. No, 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 no. Your body is a legend. Everyone's. And, and speaking to like how confidence and doubt can coexist in your life, you don't, you're not ever, and we talked about this a little bit last episode, but thinking that you need to be confident and, and strong in your body at all times is mm-hmm. toxic. Knowing yeah. and releasing the pressure of that and knowing that doubt and confidence can coexist in your life by resisting and persisting, by acknowledging those disruptions of your thought processes and just living a life of memories that you want to come back to. And that was what, what one of my, it made me so, emo- I mean, we're both very emotional people. The moment that we can go to one of these in real time, game oh, over. Gonna We're going to come rough. out with like the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No fake eyelashes for AMQ that day. It's not going to be a thing. <laughs> Becca's going to be wiping the, the, the falsies <laughs> off my cheeks. Like AMQ got something here, boo. <laughs> like, I'll, let me get, I'll save it for later. Let me get that for you, boo. I know you're going to want to put that back on when you go to the networking lounge. So we'll just save these. Oh my gosh. But like we see all of these people and I'm sure people might think that when they see us on Instagram sometimes, which we, I think that we share it, a, a lot of it all. I mean, I'm sure there's always work to be done and vulnerability in social posting, um, which was another one of the being confident in social media and stuff. Oh my gosh. And, and when you see your memories pop up, oh, I can't even. Oh God. So mad. And just r- knowing that like those two things can coexist and you see sometimes these people online and you're like, they are so confident in their bodies and they just embrace it all. And hash- yes, fact, also mm-hmm. fact, 
there are days that showing up is really hard, but that's why we're doing what we're doing to show up anyway, to know, to highlight the fact that these things aren't always easy and it's not always pretty. And sometimes it is dark and sometimes it is ugly. And sometimes you're not feeling very legendary in your body, but that's not your legacy that you're leaving behind. Your body will never be the legacy that you're leaving behind. So kind of just, it was just, what a it day. It prompted both what of a us. Day. To, yeah, it prompted both of us to take, like, totally took, like, I totally took a photo that I've literally never taken before. Like, it, you, you'd be hard-pressed to find a photo of me in a bathing suit on any of my social media platforms. And I wore, like, my cute little buffalo plaid, so AMQ. Um, <laughs> it's just like a little, like, pajama like undie set and I was like I was living when you sent me those pictures I my nipples were hard with excitement because I was like that's my bitch yeah like you just like it's because you know because especially knowing how hard not hard that is but like how uncomfortable that could be it's just like but didn't that feel so good it made you clench your butthole for a minute 100% like hitting the post button I was like oh oh but like (laughs) there's so much There's, there have been so many positive conversations that have come out of it, and it's so mm. interesting. My girl, Nicole, she always talks about this. She's doing a naked hour, this new thing. Oh, I always butcher her Instagram na- handle, but she does this thing every day, a naked hour, and she, like, this sounds ridiculous unless you follow her on Instagram, but... She's like she shows that she's doing it without like being like, "Hey, I'm fully naked." Like you can it's, see, it. it's, it's discreet very, and fabulous. It's yeah. very sensual and beautiful. But the reason she started doing it was because she, like Becca, so eloquently re- re- reminds me, like pretty much daily, that we are living in a pandemic, and your your fucking body is going to be different. It's going to. We are sitting. I don't care how many times I get up for more coffee or carrots and hummus, it's not the same. Or how many Luna walks I go on, it's just not the same as it was before. And when I sat, it's like a certain way that I sat to take the photo. I remember, I'm so aware of my body and this is like, this comes from my eating disorder history, but I remember feeling the way that like my my love handle, for lack of a better term, like folded over. And I had this like, I had this like breath where I was like, <gasps> like, I can't post that on social media. Like, there's like a crease and like and then I immediately I was like I'm fucking because I felt that way I'm fucking posting that on social media because let me tell you something there's no way that you see me on a daily basis on my stories in my workout gear doing my workouts and don't see that I got a badunka dunk it's not like I'm hiding anything or I'm showing anything that's going to surprise the people like if you're here you know I got curves so why the fuck when I sat down a certain way and it showed a certain way was I like oh my goodness I could never like no you have mm-hmm. to post that cuz that's what you look like and she talks about how being naked and just walking around her apartment and having coffee and sitting down and reading a book on the couch and cuddling with her dog has made her so aware of her body and like appreciated every little varicose vein, every little stretch mark. It sounds so messed up, guys. It sounds so messed up until you start exercising it and doing it. And it's like, Mm -hmm. then I realized what Jamila said is so true. Your body is a legend, like legit, like those legends, like in school, where it's like, this color represents this, and this color represents this. When you start thinking about your body as that, when I look at my stretch marks, I remember my first time I saw stretch marks on the side of my body, I was 10, 
I was in competitive gymnastics. I loved what I was doing. I was so hooked on gymnastics and how it made me feel and the community it brought me. And so immediately I'm like, fuck yeah, stretch marks. I loved being a gymnast. So I've flipped the script. But it's so crazy how empowering, like a conference like this, like a conference like this got me to take those photos. My fans want more. They want to see more of that. And there's no fucking way I would have taken those photos without this conference. There's just no way. So now I'm like. That was why, I mean, I make jokes all the, yeah, I make jokes all the time about not wearing pants. (laughs) Yeah. Because I do hate pants. But I I hate wearing pants because there was a time that I would never not wear pants. Right. There was a time that I didn't want to exist. So showing up in a sports bra and short short shorts, because, you know, again, the donka will eat the shorts in any workout. (laughs) But enjoying time. I I love that she does a full naked hour. I feel like I need to be more conscientious of that. But, like, that's why I love a good dance party when I'm half naked. Because enjoying movement and the way that your body moves in its rarest and rawest form is beautiful and learning that you only learn that by existing in it and not hiding it and not shaming it and yeah some days you're gonna feel yourself and be naked for days and let free the titty and drop it like it's hot and then some days you're gonna feel better in oversized sweats and that's Mm -hmm. just that coexisting of both but yeah I loved love loved the naked hour naked hour chat Oh, like the, that struggle is so valid, right? And and, and that's absolutely. What I, think, I think this whole thing with as we navigate, and I have we have tough conversations all the time. Like I'll just be like, "This is my thought on this," and Becca will be like, "Okay, all right, do you, Will?" <laughs> but like, I just come out at like you know, you can't you can never know when I'm going to say something or how I'm going to say the it. But Enneagram eight in her. Yeah, I'm just like domineering as fuck. Let's go. This is what I'm doing today. And she's like, okay. That's a microphone. It's a microphone. It's a microphone. It's a microphone. (laughs) So anyway, point is that we are, I wrote this down because it's, we're, we're playing around with how we want to get our messages across. And we keep toying with the idea of like, okay, we're going to evolve, you know, what we say, even our intro to this podcast or what our mission is, is going to evolve. And I was writing, you know, body confidence, self-acceptance, body neutrality. So many of these terms represent exactly what we are. Body shaming, like being against body shaming, being against diet culture. There's a lot of things that we're like, still navigating how we feel, but we know that we're against body shaming. We know that we're against diet culture. We just are, you know, we're against fat phobia. So it's nice to know this, this conference helped me realize that I'm on the right road to how I want to be presenting myself to the world, if that makes sense. And what I want to be saying and how I want to be sharing my journey. And it's okay that I have Facebook memories that you know, come up and I wince at my language because I've learned at least it's not still happening. (laughs) Some of the stuff I used to say to myself that I thought was motivational. (laughs) Yeah, I went on a spree highlight or deleting all of my highlights because the stuff that I used to say was that bad. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want this on here. But it also, I also kind of regret it because it does tell a really beautiful story. Um, Similar to what you were saying about my body is a legend because it tells a story. Not a legend like legend. Well, yes, it is legendary. But it, I really connected with how your body tells your story and is a roadmap 
to all of the things that you have experienced in life that have brought you to where you are and where you're going to be. Um, so I, I love that for, and it also kind of helps the way that you show up because so many people think that it's very one way or the other, like wellness industry, diet culture is very so like much connected to diet culture and it doesn't have to be that way. They can coexist. It's just in the way that it's presented. It's just in the way that it's mentored and it's just in the way that you discuss it and you live it and people do whatever they want. We're not telling you what to do that way, but, um, it was kind of affirming, to see that like, yeah, we're, you know, like you said, we're on the right path. And I think that we're learning and it was just, it was great. Couldn't have asked for anything better for sure. I almost forgot to talk about, um, beauty, beauty refined. Those are the girls that beauty redefined, redefined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. they also said, so I quoted them and they, one of them said, let's get to body image resilience. Recognize that even if you are waking up feeling amazing about yourself, you will be triggered because we live in a world that objectifies us from every angle. We acknowledge that we are living in a world that will constantly have us feel shame. And then I was thinking about how we wake up sometimes and we're like, I really want to wear these jeans. Like I really, you have like a set outfit that you want to wear and then you put on the jeans and then you spiral because the jeans mm. just aren't fitting right. And it's like, no. No, your clothes are meant to fit you, not the other way around. But why is it that like we th- we can't think that way? So that was something that really stuck with me too, is being resilient. I love the word resilient. I am resilient. I say that all the time. And body image resilient. And you can be resilient too. It's yeah. developed. It's built. Exactly. And it's like body image resilience is just that, is, is having the capacity to stop, drop, and look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's okay that these jeans aren't fitting. Not right. It's not, that's not the word. They're just simply not fitting. Not right or wrong. Just not, they don't fit. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Pick a new outfit, Linda. And I know that that's easier (laughs) said than done, but it's okay. Like, I just think of all the time I've spent, we talk about this a lot, where it's like, you know, you, we're women, right? We spend all this time like planning our outfits, planning our outfits, planning our outfits. And it's just like at the end of the day, we ended up wearing shit that we thought we should have been wearing when instead we should have just worn what we feel good in, in that moment. It didn't matter if it wasn't the planned mm-hmm. outfit, you know? So body image resilience is another thing. There's so many terms that I, obviously terms that we'd heard before, like body neutrality is something that's been like swimming around in my brain a lot lately, but we heard it a lot at this conference and there's a lot of emphasis put on it. And just to be clear, body neutrality is simply being all right with the ebbs and flows and accepting being neutral. It's quite literally being neutral. And I think that that's something we definitely spoke about on our episode about what body positivity is and isn't, but... Mm-hmm. The neutrality of it all is is exactly where we need to be. And I think we just need to, I just need to keep on keeping on as my, myself. I can speak for myself where it's like, I do need to get to that point where it's, you know, we got to understand that we're women and things are going to change, but men too, right? Everybody feels this. And that's what I love that this conference had men too, which is so, was so revolutionary because I, I just think that a lot of times we forget that men experience this stuff too. And mm-hmm. it's super empowering. Did, I texted you that time, didn't I? When I was watching The Bachelor. Um, 
Oh, the yeah, Bachelorette. yeah. The Bachelorette, actually. So this last, the, the Bachelor is currently on, but the last season of The Bachelorette. One of the guys who has made the finals, <laughs> was the final cut, he talked so openly about having an eating disorder and he's now a personal trainer and how he became a personal trainer because he learned to love his body and he wanted to help other people do the same. And this guy is a stud, okay? <laughs> like, <laughs> such a babe. And you're like, what? And it was so eye-opening and empowering and awesome to see big networks are doing stuff like that, are allowing a platform for people like him, for lovely Ben, to talk about how he experience an eating disorder. And I love that. And I love something, that yeah. it's normal. You know, it's normalized. Something else that I really liked is that there was different abilities and different able bodies oh, in represented and talked about in in every single different arena and every, every different role. Like in the sex talk, in the body confidence talk, in the body image, there was all different abilities. Um, there were some amazing, amazing people. I don't have her. I think it's Rapunzel. Do you have it by any chance up? Yeah, it's, she spoke um, on the sex panel in it in relationships. Wheelchair underscore Rapunzel, so yes, good, so mm -hmm. good. And we there's such an, an honest panel. and vulnerable conversation. There was an entire panel on like elderly women, boss ass babes, who came and talked about speaking to their eight the eighteen year old version of themselves and what they would have said to them. I was just like, oh, this is so. And anyone can do that, right? At any age, yeah, so good. Just, just nice to. I mean, we nice could be talking. <laughs> yeah, we could talk about this for another hour and a half, but yes, <laughs> this longest episode that we've recorded. <laughs> but um, it was just, it was just amazing, and I hope that anything that we have shared today has helped spark or given that little bit of, you know, plant that little seed in your head next time you want to. That moment comes up where you are disrupted in your thoughts about your body, and ways to kind of shift that for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Yeah, we could seriously go on forever because this is literally what this podcast was made for. <laughs> <laughs> and we will. We will and go we on will. about it forever. <laughs> this is the song that never <laughs> Oh, my God. No, do not play that song. No. Does, no. It doesn't end. Right? No. Do, no. Land yes. play along. Some people started singing it, not knowing what it was. Oh my God. We didn't even get to the sex talk. I really wanted to talk. That'll be next time. I have to mention it because this episode would be literally two hours long and we're not going to do that to you all. But the body image during sex and confidence during sex was a really interesting one. That oh, that's a good one. We're gonna yes. Okay, well. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That was awkward about Lamb Chop. What a terrible name for a children's character. <laughs> it's a puppet, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bruno has a lamb chop. He's a lamb chop toy. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> Speaking of lamb chops from the vegan. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, we can't even tie this up with a nice little bow because we are that weird. We are at that stage. <laughs> I have so many pit stains. My pit stains have pit stains. I'm so passionate. Oh, my gosh. We're just going to leave it with resist and then persist. Mm-hmm. One-liner from the day. If there's nothing else you take from it, everything else is kind of a branching out of that. And, you know, just tell – we're going to – as we said, our intro is probably going to change. Our extra is probably going to change, too. <laughs> yeah, we're working on – we're working on toying with that. But for now <laughs> – Yes. 
Life is tough, but so are you. If you need help navigating it, I got you, boo. Okay, thanks, love you, bye.